0: Independence Day, and reflecting on that Independence Day is the Constitution of the United States of America. The Constitution, among many things, entitles us to freedom. Thus, we're going to be talking about Christian liberty, freedom Do we have in Christ. We have in our Constitution the freedom of religion, freedom of speech, and the freedom of press. You know what is really interesting, though? When it comes to the right of the people to assemble, the phrase includes the word peaceably. There's an adjective to describe how to assemble. If I were to read it, the First Amendment to the United States Constitution prevents Congress from making any laws, respecting an establishment of religion, prohibiting the free exercise of religion, or abridging the freedom of speech, the freedom of press, the right to peaceably assemble. Here's the question. What would have happened to our country if the war peacefully was not there we would have riots after riots and police may not be able to do anything about it. The condition was if you get together in a public assembly, it must be peaceful. However, what is interesting is that there is not a description as to how to exercise the freedom of speech or press. The liberals today are saying it's Freedom, period. You can say anything you want to anybody. The conservatives are saying, yeah, but we have a freedom to speak. But with some sense of responsibility, we need to show some sense of respect. I remember when I was in the 20s, That was more than a couple of decades ago. There was a big, huge debate in our country regarding a case when a young man yelled with some nasty profanity to President Ronald Reagan as he was passing by in a motorcade. A policeman took him into custody. The conservatives are arguing that, that you have a freedom of speech, but you cannot curse the President of the United States. And the liberals rebuked, saying, what are you talking about? We are free to express our sentiments no matter what. Well, I'm a conservative, so I was somewhat disheartened to see the man being released without any charges because I was concerned, even at that young age, about the future of our country's social order and the family structure. I wish our forefathers would have added an adjective or description to describe the attitude in which you, we are to exercise the freedom of speech, like freedom to speak but showing respect to one another, freedom of press revealing only the truth. However, our God knew better. He knew that we would forget, that we would change things up, that we would stray from the original intent of the meaning, and God was very descriptive he added adjectives adverbs whatever it is to describe the attitude in which we are to exercise our freedom galatians 5:13 you my brothers were called to be free yes we are free but there is condition just like Right to assemble. There is a condition. It must be peaceable. But do not use your freedom. To indulge. The sinful nature. Rather. Serve one another. One another in love. God called us to be free. God gave us freedom. But he says. Do not indulge in sinful nature. And at the same time. We are to do everything in love. Love was the purpose for freedom. Our freedom is tied to sense of responsibility of showing love to one another. Basically, it means that we have been free to show love. That's a responsibility In fact, it is not that freedom is about love. It is love that gave birth to freedom in the first place. You got that? It is love that gave birth to freedom in the first first place. God basically said, I love you. So I will give you freedom. I love you so much that I am willing to let you go. So we got freedom out of God's love. But what did we do with that freedom? Instead of demonstrating, showing it love, we messed up. And we still do. So God created laws for us to protect, to guide us back to his love. He created laws and to protect and guide us back to his original intent, the love. But along the way, we created our own laws also. And somehow along the way we lost the attribute of love that created all. We've been saying in the law the intent is what matters. Not what it says. The intent of the law matters. You see if someone gets killed while having some kind of struggle the court Looks to see if there was any intent to kill. If there was no intent to kill, the accused is set free. Intent is more important than law itself. What came first, the law or intent? Well, now you know it's the intent. What came first, the law. Or love, love came first. In fact, love was there from the beginning. That is why we say God is love. So the question is, in the first place, why did God create us? And this rest of the physical world? God doesn't need anything. Why did he create us? Even King David was curious and he even asked God. He says, when I consider the heavens and the work of your fingers, why is a man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? I'm looking at these amazing things. You don't need anything. Why, Why did you create us and you care for us? They don't really need us. Well, first, God made us in his own image. Our image, we are not inferior to God. We are equal in terms appearance-wise. He then said, I have loved you with everlasting love. Jeremiah 31.3 he loved us before he created us. Is that really hard to understand? It's like this a married young couple is excited to have a child one day. And all the couples I know are in love. With child, they will have one day. Even before the birth. Even before a child is conceived. That's what it means when God says, I have loved you everlastingly. I have loved you with everlasting love. That's what it means. Before, now, and even in the future. First John 4 simply says, God is love. Love was there before anything else. Even before creation. And everything that was created was because of love. You see, it is critical for us to understand the essence of God's love so that we can really understand why Pastor Paul is saying that faith is what matters, not the law, because Paul you, the law came later. Law came simply to protect us, not to judge us. That's the key. Law came to protect us, but not to judge us. I remember the other week uh, as I was talking about the, uh, the importance of law, because law is also important. And I was asking one of my co-workers having lunch, and I asked her what she uh, thinks of the law in relations to Paul saying, it's not about the law. Well, she was a solid believer, taught me without any hesitation. Of course, law is important. She said, law does not define faith, but law is there to protect us. Law is there to grow us into faith because God is love. We need the law to live, but we need faith to enter the kingdom of God. So law was created to protect from our sinful nature, of straying from God's love. Just like we create laws in our own households. We love our kids. You love our kids. I love my kids. When they were little, I created my own laws. I know you create your own laws. When they're young, I had a law that says, Thy shall sleep by nine o'clock in the evening. Or else, <laughs> Thy shall not follow any strangers. When the grew a little older, Thy shall be home by 10 o'clock. That was very difficult. I had to extend that to 11 o'clock, then to midnight. Then say, thou shall not eat junk food." I came up with all those laws because I loved them. I wanted to protect them. Love gave birth to all that law, but what do we do? We begin to judge and punish and provoke our kids using the laws that we created. The Christian Jews were doing exactly the same thing. They forgot that the law was created to remain in his love. They were using the law to judge people. They were using the law to say who can and cannot go to heaven. Who is saved and not saved. And Paul was mad. He was really mad. You forgot the intent of that law. So Paul was basically rebuking, correcting, and appealing to them, saying, Folks, it's about love, okay? It's not about the law. It's about the love. It's about the intent of that law. It's the one that gave birth to that law. You see, God made a covenant with Abraham, with the circumcision is a symbol of his love that I will continue, I will always remember you and your people. The circumcision was simply, uh, it's like a symbol, like a wedding rings, a symbol of love. But when the circumcision became Absolute law to judge and persecute. Poor God, mad. That's when Paul step up and say, we are free. And he qualifies it. He adds, so that we are fully understanding the meaning of it. We are free in Christ. Where does it say that? If you go, Back to Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It says very clearly, it is freedom that Christ, it is for this freedom that Christ has set us free. So therefore, stand firm. So if you got some stuff in your head, Hey, just want to remind you, you are free. The law will not set you free, but the love in Christ will. We have freedom because of Christ. God sent us his Son Christ because of his love. And that's very clearly depicted in the, this Bible verse that we know. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only begotten son. He loved the world. He loved us. And he said this. The only thing that counts is faith. Expressing itself through love. The only thing that counts is faith. Expressing itself through love. If you look at Galatians chapter five, verse six. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself. Through love. Yesterday we had a, our design company annual retreat. Half day of bonding, getting together session in this place here. In the afternoon we went to see Cirque du, Cirque du Soleil out in the Prussia direction. The whole purpose Of course, it was to connect and bond and unite. But most importantly, it was to remind the reasons for our existence, the design company's existence. Reminding ourselves that we are not here just to do great design work. We're not here just to make a living. We're here, yes, to abide by what we stand for, Our law, yeah, our principle, our mission, our core values are all to edify the life of the people we encounter, clients and the co-workers. We are to serve the life of the people we encounter. That's clients and that's co-workers. And try to have them understand that all our values, whether it's a policy, came from love. Love. Not money came from love. And illustrating that the woman of noble character, the wife of noble, char- noble character in the Bible, the Proverbs 31 says she extends her arm to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. This is the heart of God's love. We are here to design the good stuff, make a few bucks. And show love. We are the poor ones. We are the ones who are poor in spirit. We are the ones who are in need. So because God's love, he sent his very own son to trump over any law that's before us. So the question today is this. How are you expressing your faith? Are you using your faith to judge? How are you implementing your law? Are you using the law to persecute, backstop our friends, our neighbors? So as we continue our series on Galatians, this chapter is about the liberty of Christians from legalism, the law. The Christian Jews insisted that all Gentiles had to go circumcision for salvation. Paul says, only through faith, not by law. And the difference between the law and grace that we've been talking for the last several weeks, the law says you have to earn it. If you earn that freedom, Then you are set free. On how? You've got to do something. And that something was that you have to go through that physical circumcision. But the grace says, you have been made free at a tremendous cost of death of Christ. It's not what you do. It is what Jesus has already done for us. The verse one. It is. For his freedom that Christ has set us free, stand firm, so do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. That's referring to the legalism, the law. So to Paul, salvation is based on the divine grace and that does not require any human effort, only through faith. That is why we all have Tremendous hope in Christ. That's why we come, even though we are burdened with uh, our sinful things of the past, we can come and be free from that guilt forever, washed. Legalism has no value. Then, what is God? looking for. What is he looking for in us? God looks for faith working through love. Faith, faith is not idle. Faith is active. Faith is prompt by love, not law. God is not interested in rituals, but in the reality of godly life that we live. The only thing that comes, counts, the only thing that counts is the faith expressing itself through love. So how do you express faith through love? This is amazing. It just amazes me every time I read this verse. God says, I know you guys are not that smart, Meaning that I know you guys cannot remember all the laws and prophets in this, play, in this book. Not just 10 commandments. Yeah, we're smart enough to remember 10 commandments. But you're not smart enough to remember 600 some laws and commands in this Bible. But I will summarize it for you, I will show you what all that means. If you know, all, if you know this, you know all the laws in the Bible. And you wonder why, when you go to these third world countries or suppressed and depressed, suppressed the countries where they are not even allowed to have a Bible, and their faith is so hot, they only know one, this particular Bible verse that I'm about to read to you. That's all it matters. Galatians five fourteen. You want to know how to express faith through love? The entire law, it says, entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you do this, you are actually doing all the laws that stated in the Bible. I must clarify, which I've done many times before, this Phrase this verse does not say love your neighbor, period. It's not like freedom of speech, period. It's got a responsibility built into love your neighbor. What is that responsibility? What is the condition? It says, Ask yourself. What is as yourself? How do you love your neighbor? Ask yourself. The only way we know, the only way that you can. Show and express faith through love to your neighbor is sacrifice. Why? Because that's exactly what Jesus did. He loved us. He sacrificed his life, his body. That's our model. When the Bible says love your neighbor as yourself means do like My son, Jesus, he sacrificed for you. You may not have to die yourself, but die your pride with your friends. Die your stubbornness. Sacrifice by, even though you don't want to do, go and hug them and forgive them. That's a sacrifice. Love your neighbor as yourself. The intent of the law was to love, and it is summed up to love others as yourself. And verse 15 has a warning. Now you know the intent, why and how the law was created. It is the love that gave birth all the laws. And if we don't, he warns us in verse 15. And if we continue to forget that, if we continue to use the law to judge and persecute, backbite and devour one another, we'll be destroyed. And that's what happens to many of us, even today. God is love. So he created us, but then we messed up and we still do it to this day. God is love, he saw that, he sends his son to show us his everlasting love. God is love and he says all the laws, the entire laws are created For us to act on it. That is love. Love your neighbor as yourself. And John thirteen seventeen says to us, now that you know all these things, now that you know all these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Not just keep it in our hearts. Not just say, oh, that was a great message. I know it was a good message. If you know these things, now go out and do these things, and you will be blessed. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, we thank you. Thank you.